All right, gentlemen. Well, since not really many people are going to be going outside right now, you probably don't have to worry about your landscaping. But you do have to worry about your manscaping. And Manscaped has you covered when it comes to that. They've got the new Lawn Mower 3.0. It's a third-generation electric trimmer featuring a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. And if you use the code DNVR20 right now, you're going to get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. If you get the perfect package 3.0 kit, it comes with the new improved lawnmower, a ton of formulations to round out your mans uh, and to round out your manscaping routine. So make sure you go on there, go to manscaped.com, use the code DNVR20, that magical magical code and get yourself right. at the, uh, the store last night, stocking up for one thing or another, and the, the coffee aisle was pretty ravaged. But luckily, one, I have a nice little back stock of Strava Craft coffee at my house. And two, if I run out, I'll know that I can just order from Strava, and they'll send it right to my door, and I'll be, uh, I'll be able to do this podcast and make sense, because I'll have coffee in my bloodstream. So make sure you check out. Strava, use the code DNVR20. It's the same for pretty much everything. DNVR20 is the code 20% off. Did you happen to walk by the soup aisle? I did not. Okay. I went by the soup aisle at the King Supers near my house, and it was like the apocalypse. All I wanted was a can of cream of mushroom soup because my wife and I were talking about doing a tater tot casserole. You know, all sorts of home recipes being used in these times, and not. Not one can of soup. I guess everyone, just non-perishables? Yes. Here's the thing. Drink. <laughs> if you have any left. Um, I think we talked about this yesterday, but I saw, I told you, I saw that, that interview with the King Super CEO. Yeah. He said, like, yo, we have a 20-acre facility full of food. Stop uh-huh. panic shopping. Yes. But... Whatever. People don't get it, and I wanted we were have we were doing that in a future day, but we also I, we I stopped on my way home because we were going to do some hot dogs. Had some hot dogs in the freezer. We're going to cook them up when I got home, and I just wanted some hot dog buns. The only hot dog buns they had left were wheat free, gluten free. <laughs> so did you skip them? No, I got them. Okay, all right. All right. But what was interesting? Not too proud. The 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 meat. In the in the chilled session section by the uh, by the butcher, the uh, the packaged meat it was cleared out. All they had left was plant based meat. So like all the Beyond Burgers mm. and the King Supers uh, store brand of uh, Beyond type burgers, they were all there, but all the regular meat was gone. Maybe Denver is not the vegan paradise some people believe it is. 
I mean, even yeah, well, even it, it is right now because you can get it all you want. Yeah, I I could eat it just fine. I think uh, my daughters and and my wife are could not do that. I was telling my wife, hey, you know, you put enough condiments on this and it's fine. She's like, yeah, I wouldn't like it. But she's from Wisconsin. I so. bet you if you just did it without telling them, they wouldn't even notice. Oh, I think my wife would. Like, cause she's a, because she's a cheese snob. I've tried using, like, some lesser kinds of cheese, and she's noticed. Well, the fake yeah. cheese doesn't play. Yeah. But, all right, enough of that. Yes. We got plenty of NFL stuff to talk about today, and obviously, we start with the Broncos striking in the middle of the day. We thought maybe it might not happen until uh, late last night, but the Broncos made a move, finally. Uh, just after we published the podcast, or right, actually right before we published the podcast, after we recorded it. And it's funny, Mace, because we had talked about the idea that the Broncos were going to buy a defense and draft an offense, but the first move is an offensive lineman, which I don't think anyone is complaining about. What do you think of the move to sign Graham Glasgow? Well, I think it's a move that's governed by some past failures. He plays relatively mistake-free ball, only one holding penalty last year. So, Garrett Bowles, all the holding penalties. Even Ron Leary struggled with holding penalties last year, trying to get away from that. He's very durable, has not missed a game since week one of his rookie season, including a postseason game in Seattle back in January 2017. So, he's got a a little Ironman streak going. Yeah, 64 consecutive games played. Solid. And I believe 60 consecutive starts. Sort of the opposite of Jawan James. You had a big money investment in James last year. Every other year in his career, he had missed at least half the games on the schedule. And then it got worse in 2019 for him when he played three games and didn't make it past halftime of any of them. So sometimes philosophically you see moves that are corrections for mistakes that have been made in previous years. We see it in the draft, for example, and I think Graham Glasgow, he's steady, he's dependable, he can start at right guard, even left guard, but Dalton Reisner's got that on lockdown, right guard or center, so he gives you options going into the rest of free agency or the the draft, or even based on what you have in-house, because you could say, well, Elijah Wilkinson can't start at right guard, so we can start Graham Glasgow there. Or maybe if they don't draft a center, like a Tyler Biotish or Lloyd Cushenberry or Cesar Ruiz, then Patrick Morris, maybe they think he can develop. Certainly Mike Munchak appears to like him, but I think they want other options there. But if Morris doesn't develop, then you put Glasgow there and you put Wilkinson at right guard. I think this gives the Broncos some flexibility. And yes, $11 million a year is probably... A little much for a guy who is versatile, not spectacular. I think Munchak can get him to another level, which is probably that kind of fringe last guard in the Pro Bowl level, perhaps. And that that would be terrific if he got there. But it's a move that I think is sort of the opposite of what the Broncos have done along the offensive line, especially at the tackle spots uh, the last few years. It's somebody who maybe doesn't have a high ceiling, but has a very high floor. I love it. 
Um, I love getting the non-sexy moves out of the way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you had to get we, you you had to replace offensive linemen. You knew that you were going to need at the very least a guard and a center if you wanted to move forward next year with you know with Drew as your quarterback and and protect him. So to me, you've now plugged one of those holes and like you said, a lot of these times these moves that John Elway makes in free agency are about flexibility. They're about hey, what move can we make so that we our hands aren't tied when we get to the draft or the rest of free agency or whatever it may be. And this is totally one of those moves. LA goes ahead and says, I've got, um, I'm going to take care of this guy. He can play guard or uh, center. And Mace, if they get into the second round of the draft and uh, Lloyd Cushenberry is there, well, then they can take him. If they, if they have someone else on their board, they can take them. They, fall, they get to the fourth round or the late third, and your boy Tyler Biotish is there, they can take him. There's so many opportunities here to not force yourself into a corner. So for me, great move from John Elway. I'm excited to watch Andre's film room, which I know is in the works as we speak. Should be out sometime today. And I just think the Broncos – have been smart in recent years about not painting themselves into any corners when it comes to certain positions, even quarterback last year. Look, none of us really liked the Joe Flacco move. We tried to talk ourselves into it. But remember, the Joe Flacco move allowed them to be patient at quarterback. And that patience resulted in them being able to get Noah Fant, Dalton Reisner, and Drew Locke in the first two rounds of the draft. So, John has done a really good job of making moves to free himself up. And to me, this is totally one of those moves. Well, if they can take care of the defensive line here, add a CYA receiver, like a we talk about Paul Richardson, but there are plenty of other kind of fringe guys who can start for you in a pinch. And then make sure that uh, everything is is set up at cornerback, and that's where, if not a Mukamara, you bring in somebody else as well. You could basically have that starting 22-plus key rotational players set going into the draft, and then you're not locked into picking a specific position. That's something that the Broncos like to do, that they like to make sure they can say, okay, if we don't get a guy at this spot, we're comfortable Glasgow is interesting because you mentioned the versatility, and I talked about how he could be a center and he could be a right guard. And so you've, you've got options there. And I don't think the Broncos are done on the offensive line, certainly not in the draft, maybe not even in free agency. Mike Remmers could still be in play as a swing backup at tackle. One thing that emerged out of last year is that depth-wise, the Broncos felt like they were caught short on the offensive line. And one priority was making sure that that was not the case again this year. And they're well on their way to ensuring that. Completely agree. Now, I do think that this is a signal that Connor McGovern uh, will not be back as a Bronco next year. And we've kind of um, believed that all along. But the truth is, in my opinion, Mason, I think you agree with me on this, McGovern is best suited at guard. Mm-hmm. And 
Who else is best suited at guard? Glasgow. Now, what does this tell you about Elijah Wilkinson? It tells me about Elijah Wilkinson that something we talked about yesterday in regards to the price tag. The going rate for swing backups who can play any one of three or four positions that are in their second contracts and can start for a while in a pinch, the going rate's about $3 million a year. You look at Billy Turner's contract, he got a bit more than that. He ended up starting for the Packers. Elijah Wilkinson's going to get $3.25 million on the restricted free agent tender. That's just the cost of doing business if you're going to have a swing backup who can play three or four spots who is a veteran. And Elijah Wilkinson's going into his fourth year, and because he was undrafted, his rookie contract has expired. So it kind of tells me that it tells me that Elijah Wilkinson. The other thing that's interesting is that it's possible you could have a scenario. Let's say Graham Glasgow is your right guard, and the center is either Patrick Morris, somebody that you sign, or somebody who comes in in the draft. Well, let's say the center gets hurt. Then Glasgow probably slides to center, and Wilkinson slides in at guard. Okay, let's say Dalton Reisner gets hurt. Wilkinson slides over at left guard. There are, mo- there are moves that you can make all along the offensive line where Elijah Wilkinson ends up being the first backup in no matter who they lose among the starting five offensive linemen. You have a little bit of shuffling, a little bit of an adjustment, but then you go on. And, and Wilkinson, while it's not ideal for him to be at right tackle, he can play it. Everything points to right now in, in Wilkinson and maybe one other lineman it being set up to where you've got two guy that one or two linemen who can play can can fill in in a pinch, have starting experience, and are the first guys in no matter what. I again going back to versatility and how this plays into it. Remember. We know that Mike Munchak likes Elijah most mm. at guard as well. So to me, by making this move, you allow yourself to say, okay, in a pinch, or if things don't go our way in the draft or whatever, we can start Glasgow at center and Elijah at guard. If not, you have quality depth, like you mentioned, Mace. And you need quality depth in 2020. And if you don't have it, you will be exposed, and you're going to be in trouble. So if Elijah has to start two games mm-hmm. at right tackle, if he has to fill in two games at right guard and Glasgow moves over to center or whatever it may be, you're okay. One thing I would like to see is better de- is one more depth piece. That's why I keep coming back to Remmers at, at tackle, although he can be an interior depth piece as well, because last year – we talked about this over the course of the season. Wouldn't it have been nice if when Garrett Bowles was really struggling, they could have put somebody else in for even a possession or two and allow Garrett Bowles to maybe settle down, not let the spate of holding penalties continue? But the problem was the backup left tackle, once Jawan James uh, was out and Elijah Wilkinson was in at right tackle, the backup was Jake Rogers. And it was clear once Jake Rogers briefly got out there toward the end of the season that <laughs> this, this is not the guy that you want to be playing uh, 
for any length of time. Got a game ball, though. He did. Can never take that from him. Yeah, but in, in week 17, once you saw a little more of him, it was like, ugh. Yeah. yeah. Not good. Um. Okay, Mace. So what would you like to see the Broncos do next? I assume by the time that this is published, based on our luck, uh, they will have made their next move in free agency. Um, need to, I, need give, to work on the D-line. Give me two two things. What do you want? What do you think they'll do? What do I want and what do I think they'll do? I think both I think are the same, defensive line. Do you have a target in mind? You're targeting DJ Reader. I think uh, there's still a lot of uh, fire to the smoke there. The problem is you've got a bunch of teams that want DJ Reader, and Reader's going to be able to pick his destination, basically. So you better have uh, some other options. Um, one that has uh, that has come up and uh, could be intriguing for the Broncos if uh, if they don't get uh, DJ Reader is um I want to get uh, just get a, get something I, I wrote on him here is uh I want to see where I had him ranked here Quentin Jefferson I have him forty sixth okay on my list. Defensive lineman from Seattle. And maybe not quite as expensive as Reader. Reader, the thing with Reader, his price tag is probably pushing into the $11, $12 million a year range. Yeah. And I That's feel a little rich. I feel like Vic, and again, this is just my personal view, he doesn't like overpaying for a guy like that. I don't think John Elway likes overpaying. Right, but even I just though think, he has, he overpaid for Jawan James last year. I think Vic is of the belief that his system can um, elevate players, and so I think it's why they're letting um, Shelby Harris and Derek Wolf leave, most likely. Yeah, and I, I just think they're going to say, Vic's going to say, "Look, I can get another guy mm-hmm. and put him in here, and he's going to produce uh, close to what those guys produce." So. Uh, if DJ Reader just keeps on going up, 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 I don't think the Broncos are going to bite on that. Um, I would like them to address the defensive line. It's the other position on the team that you have multiple, multiple holes on. So it feels like that will happen at some point. Jefferson and Reader are two different types of guys, though. I mean, Reader's massive. He's you know north of 340 pounds. Quentin Jefferson He's more like a Derek Wolf type of player. He's 291 pounds. He can generate some pressure, 25 quarterback hits over the last couple of years. I believe a six and a half sacks uh, in those last two seasons in that time span. So uh, he's he's got some potential. Um, I know I'd like to I still like to see the Broncos bring back Derek Wolf. I don't get an indication that's in the cards right now, but who knows? It's certain he's certainly trying to play it like it isn't. Yes. Uh, but again, that's what Chris was doing too. It's a it's a weird strategy in my opinion. Um, and Benjamin Albright last night saying that Chris to the Raiders could be a, a uh, an option. Now the Raiders are stocking up on linebackers, mm-hmm. uh, bringing in Kwiatkowski and Corey Littleton. But um, here's something interesting about the Raiders though that I was thinking about. There's with the Raiders, they're supposed to be flush with cash because they're finally making the move to Las Vegas, and they're going to be in a new stadium generating a lot of re- uh, revenue, right? Yes. Well, what if there's a nationwide lockdown 
and they can't continue construction on the stadium and it gets delayed. Wow. Now, there's a statement from someone in the Las Vegas Stadium Authority to the Las Vegas Review Journal saying that it shouldn't affect the schedule and the stadium should still be complete on July 31. But we've seen over the last seven days how things that you didn't expect and couldn't have foreseen end up coming to pass. Mace, I can't predict what's going to happen one hour from now. No. So that would be crazy. Um, I assume they'll do anything and everything they can to avoid that. But at some point, you might not have a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They don't have that stadium to move into, and they're having to play some games over at Sam Boyd Stadium. Is that UNLV Stadium? Yeah, which is a dump. It's so bad. <laughs> It's essentially Hughes Stadium in the desert. Yeah, it's uh, what, what's worse, Sam Boyd Stadium or Lab People Stadium, where they had the Senior Bowl all that time. Oh man, I have a, a soft spot in my heart for uh, Lad Peebles, yeah. so I'll I'll pick them. Which is uh, no longer going to be used anymore by the Senior Bowl. Yeah, it Moving makes everything, sense. Yeah, but it's, it's sad. Yeah, it is. But these are stadiums that are utilitarian in nature. Yes. Nothing fancy about them. Nope. And yeah, th- yeah. But we that- saw what happens when you play a big event at one of these. When mm-hmm. the Avs took the Stadium Series down to mm-hmm. Air Force, which is a utilitarian stadium, right? Uh, and and by the way, beautiful, has great views, but not exactly equipped for a full house of people ready to spend a bunch of money. No, it's it it bursts at the seams even when you have an Air Force Army game or an Air Force Navy game down there. Yeah. Yeah, it it was inadequate. I was I'm glad I made the decision not to go to that to that game, although doesn't that seem like it was years ago? Right. And and <laughs> complaining about um traffic and all of those sort of things seem very trivial now. Maybe I And they were know. probably trivial then, but Yeah, it was trivial then, but you know, first world problems don't seem to uh matter a hell of a lot now, do they? Yeah, man. If, I was I was um well I was la- I was walking around last night and I over uh, at the store and I overheard someone say like yeah like my my parents' house is in a containment zone and I was just like man I feel like I'm living in a movie like just even hearing that word. Well, you heard about the San Francisco Bay Area, right? Basically being on lockdown now. Yeah, yeah it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Okay, when does this move? Uh, happen? Are the Broncos going to make a move today? Uh, and also, I, I think we're all waiting to see if Prince Mukamara is part of it. It does mm-hmm. feel like he's maybe going to be on the Bryce Callahan plan, right? When we thought everything had kind of cooled down and the Broncos went and got Bryce Callahan. Uh, I kind of have a feeling that's how it'll go with Mukamara. Yeah, and I could see it uh, being the case for the running back position as well. You wait until you kind of get that second wave and everybody sort of reassesses after the first frenzy of the free agent period and now the legal tampering period and prices sort of settle a little bit and then you can make a deal. Of course, knowing now what things were with Bryce Callahan, a big part of the reason why he lingered on the market was because of the foot injury. Right. And that's another thing for players with injury concerns and Prince of Mukamara doesn't have a, a real big injury concern there. But for players that do linger on the market because of injury concerns with 
everything in flux in terms of how physicals will be done. The NFL and the NFLPA put out a memo about uh, a way to have physicals done kind of by a, a, a neutral party, basically. But how does that change how the market flows for guys who uh, do have those injury concerns? Because you can't get them in, you're, to your facility. You can't go visit with them. It's a different world than we've ever seen in football. Let, let alone beyond it. Yeah, the guys with injury concerns are going to be waiting a while, I think. You know how in baseball, sometimes guys just don't get signed? Yes. In football, that rarely happens. Like football, they're like, here you go, and they throw all the food to the piranhas, and they all just mop it all up really quick, and then it's over. Yeah. Baseball, sometimes every team's like, you want to sign someone? No. You want to sign someone? No. All right, we'll just wait for someone else to sign someone. Well, there's a history of collusion in Major League Baseball. Right. But then every year you see somebody linger on the market into the season, like Dallas Keuchel not signing with the Braves until June. Exactly. Craig Kimbrell, same thing. These, I mean, these the are really good players yes. we're talking about. So I wonder if we're going to see a similar situation with injury-prone players or guys who had an injury last year mm-hmm. where teams just say, look, we can't we can't sign this guy without having our medical team look at him. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those guys, I think, could be waiting all the way until around training camp to get signed. Yeah. But, again, if the player's good enough, the NFL will just, you and, know. And, you know, the Broncos used to have some luck with those training camp, even early in the regular season pickups that were kind of out of the blue. Remember Keith Brooking? They got a season of a, of base package work out of him back in 2012. In 2013, uh or pardon me, in 2012, he was going to be on the roster in 2013, but then he uh, hurt his ACL. Dan Copen started started three quarters of the year for the Broncos after J.D. Walton went down in 2012. And so there are late bargains to be had, potentially. We'll see, you know, we'll see. Dakota Watson, the first time they brought him in, was yeah. right before training camp, um, and he was a, a nice little contributor that year. Mm-hmm. I believe Shelby Harris was actually a middle-of-the-summer pickup. Or was he a reserve future guy? Maybe. That you, you, you would know better than I. Um, okay. Well, it'll be interesting to see what the Broncos do. We'll obviously have an eye on it. Mace uh, will be doing kind of an instant reaction mm-hmm. type of idea to whoever we sign. Uh, and I think that, Mace, you did a great job yesterday of taking in who the Broncos went after and just turning it into a, a, a kind of how they fit, what they're going to bring, who they are type of thing, rather than just the Broncos have signed Graham Glasgow. He's 20-something years old, does this, does that. Stay tuned for more. Yeah, I, and the amazing part was I was on the radio with Eric Goodman at the same time, so I was literally writing it while we were doing the show and during commercials. That is very important. Who says I can't multitask? No one. I don't think anyone says that. <laughs> I, don't, my, I tell my wife I can't multitask on things around the house, which is true. But it's weird. I can, I can handle things in my work so much better than I can handle, like, life stuff. It's like, pretty... if, if, there's a, if there's a plumbing problem, pff, I'm, I'm screwed. I can't do diddly-poo with that in the parlance of Jim Mora. Emphasis on the poo and plumbing. Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, Brandon Spano, our CEO, is the same way. He can do a million things at once when it comes to work. Yeah. He's juggling this. He's talking to this person. He's responding to this email. Then somehow we walk out of the office 
and he can't even walk and text at the same time. Yeah. I'm like, what? What do you do? Like, I like, I'm like walking and I look back and he's just standing there in the middle of the sidewalk. Like, I'm like, what are you doing? Let's go. Yeah. It's some of us are just highly specialized in what we're good at. Fair enough. And then the rest of it is just complete chaos. I'm not saying it's chaos for Brandon Spano. I am saying sometimes it's complete chaos for me. Well, I'm glad that we are able to uh, get what you're good at. (laughs) Yeah, because if I couldn't do this, I think I'd probably starve. All right. Want to give a shout out to Breck Brew. Uh, definitely a time where you need some Breck brews in your life. Um, you know, Starbucks on the sides of their cups, it says that first sip feeling. And sometimes you need the Starbucks or Strava or whatever it may be. That first sip is nice. But the first sip of a Breck brew, I feel like for, for just a second, everything's right in the world. You know... Once when I was uh, visiting some vineyards out in the Santa Ynez Valley in California, I wanted to really learn how to appreciate wine and how to appreciate it when you taste it. And, you know, they talk about how you want to kind of swirl the wine and then you want to take in the aroma before you taste it. And while you're not going to swirl a full can of Breck Brew, say Strawberry Sky, for example, my personal favorite, you do want to crack open the can and just inhale the scent, and you can take in uh, the lovely aroma of strawberries in Strawberry Sky, and then it just enhances the experience when you actually taste the beer. It's sensational. It really is sensational. And, uh, you know, Mace, I'm getting already pretty sick of being cooped up. I don't know about you. Uh, I, don't, I, I, I don't handle... Um, anything if I have to do it very well uh but I I don't I can only go so long in the house which I'm gonna have to uh deal with over this time but whenever the time comes that we are allowed to leave and go back to events and sports are back on and all that stuff I am going to be itching to go to anything and everything and when that happens, it's going to be the perfect time for In We Go because it'll be the middle of the summer, which is when In We Go absolutely goes off. You've got taco fests and concerts and outdoor fests and sporting events. And we're going to have all the sporting events going on in the middle of the summer, which is going to be crazy. Uh, but We hope. Yes. I'm, I'm speaking it into existence. Um, yeah, he's touching wood. Um, so just keep In We Go in mind is what I'm saying, for when this ends. Because I think we're all going to want to get out and be with each other and experience all the things that are being taken away from us right now. So keep keep in we go in mind. And when you do, you can use the code DNVR to get your first month free, which will be really cool uh, and something you'll definitely want to explore when that happens. Well put. All right. Let's jump in to the comments here. And I guess let me just add one last thing on that. Uh, a lot of people over the last day have been asking, how do we support you guys? Um, and first of all, I'm so un- incredibly grateful for that. Yesterday, last night, the amount of people who upped their subscriptions. We had guys going and gals going from one year to three year, from one year to lifetime, from three year to lifetime. Amazing. Just because they want to support us. And I, 
I, I can't explain to you how overwhelming that was and, and just the warmth I had in my heart that people, especially in a time of uncertainty, were willing to give us their money right now, for lack of a better term, and, and show their support in us. And you know what? If you're not in a position to do that, we all 1,000% understand. And if you are and, and you feel compelled to do so, I, I can't tell you how much it means to us. Um, but th- what I've been telling people when they ask how can we support, it's that. It's buy some merch, uh, you know, get a, a new, your new favorite shirt. Um, and then the other one is support our sponsors and let them know that you're supporting because of us. Um, because these places are, you know, in tough times too. Mm-hmm. And they have supported us all along. And they've believed in us and they've believed in our mission. So as much as I... I I am so appreciative of everyone who wants to support us. We also want you to support them if you are in a position to do so right now, or even just, you know, tell them that, Hey, when times get back on track, I I can't wait to come down or I can't wait to get a pizza or whatever it may be. You guys know what I'm saying. So thank you so much. And then a lot of people have also asked me, um, can they get gift cards to the bar? Um, We're working on it. So when we have that set up, we will have it ready for you, and we'll let you guys know. Amen. All right, well so the questions. Let's start with our friend, the Count, Count Locula. I have to admit, I was one of those people who fell asleep on my best friend's living room floor during that Tebow Dolphins comeback. I woke only to hear the announcers proclaiming Bronco victory, and boy, was I shocked and awed. I'd love to rewatch it, but in truth, I'll be watching it for the first time. What's something you were at or watching that you actually missed most of Due to other circumstances, love the count. That's a good question. I can't, I'm not, um, nothing's coming to mind for me. Super Bowl 43 was an excellent game. Oh, we've already gone over mine. Mine was the uh, 2013 AFC Championship game. Okay. <laughs> Still don't know what happened. Well, I know what happened to the game. I don't know why I can't remember it. So you're looking forward to that rewatch, huh? Well, I already rewatched it. Okay. And it was fantastic. Yeah. For me, it was Super Bowl 43. I was just watching it on television. That, of course, was the Steelers beating the Cardinals, but um, had a little too much to drink in the first half. And I figured I would just take a little nap during halftime. And I woke up, and it was the end of the third quarter. Wow. Whale of a game. I'm glad I was DVRing it because I went back and rewatched that quarter that I missed. But. Uh, yeah, I, I was out of it for a bit. It's the only time I've ever like completely fallen asleep during a Super Bowl. Now, the uh, the Tebow Dolphins game back in 2011, I did c- catch myself and stop myself from falling asleep in the press box at 15 nothing because the game was a complete bore. And I hadn't had enough sleep the night before. So that was on me a little bit. There was a Buffs March Madness game where they played – oh, God, who did they play? See, this is the problem. Illinois. And me and my buddies, it was it was a later in the day type of thing. I was on spring break, and we had done a lot of drinking previous to the game. Yeah. And I just remember crashing at halftime. The Buffs were getting killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was just fighting, like, so hard to keep my eyes open. And they then – they made a huge comeback, and I actually, I like 
came out of my seat, but I remember just like they were down like 17 or something, and I'm just like trying so hard to keep my eyes open. And I think I even said when they got to halftime, like, "Will you guys wake me up when the second half starts?" <laughs> I think the key for me, if I fall asleep like that, I've got an Apple Watch that actually wakes me up better than most things because it vibrates and you feel it on yes. your wrist. Like your phone, if you don't have it on your person, you don't feel it. It might vibrate, but I could sleep through it. I need something actually vibrating me. Makes sense. Uh, that could be read a lot of different ways. I, I feel like my brain is like perfectly trained when it comes to this. Like Nothing that goes on in the middle of the night with my phone wakes me up. But as soon as like the sun is up yeah. and my phone vibrates, then I wake up. That's a problem when you get to summertime. Because the sun's up so early? Yes. Yeah. It hasn't been in the past, so maybe my mind just knows, like, after 8 a.m. Okay. Something like that. That's I don't fair. know. Uh, from Vanderlei Industries, which not to be confused or to be confused with Vandalay Industries. Yeah, that's um, Yeah, it, it, that's an interesting spelling on that. <laughs> hmm. Wow, Mace. That Twitter battle was insane. Intense. But according to the comment section, you definitely won. Yeah, seemed that way. I think uh, Cliss got ratioed for his uh, pithy comment at me. The thing that actually really got me thinking, what the hell? Nine News Sports retweeted it on their like staff feed. And I actually uh, found out there's something, there's something that they have set up that when any member of their staff tweets with, with the hashtag 9sports, it, it gets retweeted. So that means Cliss probably knew that and wanted it out there. Which just, I don't know. We're just going to leave it at that. You know, there I know that Cecil Lammy put out a tweet like saying, oh, you know, need to be unified. And you know what? I understand where he's coming from, but I felt like that that was false equivalence. I did too. And I part. love Cecil. Yes. And he's a great guy. Um, but I don't, to I, me, it was... I don't know. I thought your entire point was that from yes. the beginning is that there's bigger things at play here. Right. And then and then Cliss, I think, I, was the one who went with the classless insult. And so I'm the other thing I'll say is and it has been this has been pointed out on social media. It's interesting how these media beefs. There's one guy involved with it all the time. Hmm. Hmm. Just interesting. Saying. Very interesting. You know, what? I've I've avoided. Every single one of these. Yes. A until yesterday. I hope I, I hope it doesn't happen again. I do too. And, and uh, I wasn't. I, I don't know. I, I, I wasn't going to let that slide. You come at one of us. You come at all of us. Yeah. All right. From Broncos Guy sixty three. To whoever uses Google Play and had the issue with the pod not showing up, I had the same issue for a while. You have to go into your settings and hit refreshing. You know the pod is, and hit refresh when you know the pod is up and it will show up. Otherwise, it refreshes periodically throughout the day. It usually takes about 20 minutes after they post on Twitter, but that might help you out. Now to a general comment for the pod. I have warmed up to the idea of bowls again this year. After seeing the kind of money Eric Flowers and George Fant got, I'm perfectly content with bowls. Yeah, and even though it's apples and oranges a little bit, tackle and interior linemen, I see the Fant and Flowers money. And it's like, okay, I'm fine with the investment in Graham Glasgow. That's just the cost of doing business right, right. now. Yeah, and uh, I'm not okay with bowls, but uh, if they if it doesn't work out in the draft, then you just kind of have to be. Yeah. Iceman, hey, friends, help me out here. As far as arcades, 
Arcade's cards are concerned. With Drake being transition tagged, how does that compute when the new CBA eliminates the transition tag in two days? Miss Zach, get back soon, my friend. Go America. Well, I think one of the things that came out when they got the CBA ratified is that that meant that instead of having two franchise tags for this year, you had one in the transition tag. So basically this year it's all kind of as it has been. Yeah. We, we go forward, some things, some things change, but everything is kind of as it was for this year. You didn't, because they had things like two franchise tags for 2020. They had things like that in place, very similar to how back in 2010, there were some kind of poison pills, as it were, that said, okay, if we don't have an agreement by now, we're going to play under different rules. And, I th- and one of them in 2010 was playing without a salary cap and without a salary floor. But totally. teams didn't want to overspend. Most teams didn't want to overspend because once they got a CBA done for the following year, it was back to life under the cap. From world to suck, it's great to have sports to think about and talk about today. Thank you, NFL. Quick thoughts on the Glasgow signing. I view Glasgow as the replacement for Leary on this offensive line. Though he might not play the same position, he fills the role of a veteran player on the interior of the line. Good hopefully, and, and hopefully he's a little better in the locker room in regards to media than Ron Leary was. Leary kind of glaring whenever Dalton Reisner was holding court with the media this past year. Never got that. that. Never understood that. Yeah. Um, He says, here's how the compensation between Leary and Glasgow breaks down. It costs Denver $2.6 a million a year to move on from Leary to sign Glasgow. For starters, Glasgow is three years younger than Leary. Even more importantly, in the last three seasons, Leary has missed 19 games. He has not played a 16-game season for seven years. On the other hand, Glasgow has played 64 straight games, according to Mace. Touch wood. From my view, $2.6 million is a very, very small price to pay for youth and availability. Nothing flashy, but solid move. You know, there are a few people on Twitter who have always already suggested that I, I jinxed Glasgow. So if the poor guy gets hurt, I'm going to get blamed. You know what? No. <laughs> no, I, it's not right, about, but yeah. people are still going to blame me, even though I disagree. Yeah, people will forget. Um, the, the thing is, <laughs> that's a fact that you have to report in this situation because yes. it's important. And it's key to why he's a Bronco. It's not sexy, but the best ability sometimes is availability. And so uh, Garrett Bowles, he was available. He sure was. Hasn't missed, <laughs> hasn't missed any time. From KJ, hey guys, I've been mooching off this podcast for the better part of a year now and decided it was finally time to pay my dues and join the community. We got him. We got him. I can't wait to get involved in the comment section and gain access to all the great content you guys put out and hopefully someday down the road make a trip from central Iowa to check out the new bar. We can't wait for that. That'd be awesome. Only thing I have to input is after reviewing the first day of free agency, I'm extremely thankful that Elway went out and got AJ Boye instead of waiting around for the market to begin. Couldn't agree more. Byron Jones is now the highest-paid corner in the NFL, probably in NFL history. Yeah, I believe so. And Bradbury is not too far behind as the third highest. Going out and getting a starting corner instead of risking it for one in the market might be my favorite move of the whole offseason. Didn't have to pay top dollar and didn't have to deal with the consequences if you failed to get one. Cheers, mate. Hello, DNVR family. Yeah, even Bradley Roby got $12 million a year. Which is about what Boye is getting. Yeah, he's 13.5. But Boye is better than Bradley Roby. Decidedly, yeah. Uh, I, and, uh, you're right. Every time we talk about the Broncos free agency hall, we do have to try to include Boye. We have to include Boye. We have to include Justin Simmons, keeping him off the market. That's 11.4 million if he plays on the franchise tag. So 13.5, 11.4. You're at uh, 24.9, and now Glasgow 35.9 million. It, it's 
you know, the Broncos had a good amount of ca- of of cap space, but it goes fast, and that's not even getting into like guys like Elijah Wilkinson, who's playing on RFA tender of north of three million dollars. You know, it's, it seems like they have an infinite amount of money, and I'm seeing some frustration on social media, people thinking the Broncos were going to make this splash and that it had been sold by the media as such. I think we were pretty candid about how much space they had, and even when Zach kind of spelled out his free agency plan last week, it acknowledged that, okay, you didn't have room for all these guys, so you're going to have to make some choices, and that's why you're looking at a uh, you know a bargain-wide receiver to bring in. So, there you go. Anyway. From Tucson Bronco Mario, TPing someone seems like a massive flex in times like these. <laughs> if, if you TP someone's house, uh, you ought to be thrown in jail and have the key tossed away at this point. Or you're doing them a favor and they can just collect it off the trees and store it in the bathroom. But what if it snows or rains? Yeah, well, then you're in big trouble. Exactly. Uh, he said, speaking of TP, I managed to score a pack of six thanks to Walmart employees monitoring the se- uh, section and allowing one case per person. I thought the Glasgow move was pretty good, and it's always great adding O-linemen with the consent of Munchak. Huge point. Yeah. According to Nikki, Munchak loved Glasgow. That's I'm, I'm, I'm in. That's all I need to hear. What's interesting is that Juwan James last year, that was somebody that I had heard the Broncos were looking at for a while, even before the coaching change. So you wonder how much impact Munchak had on the offensive line decision last year in free agency. This year, I think free agency in the draft on the O-line, it's all Munch and Chris Cooper. Glasgow um, was 24th on your big board of free agents. Where did he fall in terms of offensive linemen and, and better yet, offensive guards? Let me uh, just hang on. Let me get the list here, and then I can accurately. As he searches that, I'll just say that I, I hope our Scottish listeners, which we actually do have quite a few. I hope you saw I know. my uh, my pun on Twitter yesterday. And there is a like an automated Twitter feed that picks up things that to do with Glasgow, and I saw that it retweeted something I had about him, and then I went and just checked out the feed, and it's all these. Usually, it's about the city of Glasgow, but then for this day at least, it was a collection of tweets from Denver reporters. That's funny about. Graham Glasgow. <laughs> That's so anyway, going through uh, going through the list right now. Um, oh, Dad, gum! And I went to the wrong story. We just put, we put up so many stuff, so much stuff here in the last few days. So among offensive linemen, and uh, this was as of yesterday morning when I made the list. So for example, like Shaq Barrett, he'd already been tagged by then, so he wasn't on the list. Among offensive linemen, I had him behind Jack Conklin, who's a tackle. Okay. Joe Thune, who got uh, franchise tagged, um, and that's it. So third offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. And, and once Thune was off the market, he was the next guy. Because remember, Brandon Scherf got tagged too. Right. So really, the Broncos, in my opinion, got the best guy who was available on the interior in terms of uh, versatility. And again, it's it wasn't a bumper crop for interior offensive linemen once Thune and Scherf were franchised. And it's also not in this year's draft. No, it's not. I mean, the guys that we're talking about on the interior linemen, Ruiz, Cushenberry, Biotish, we're talking about second, even third-round guys. Yep. Good players, players we like, but Biotish with the AC joint injury, you're talking about maybe slipping into round three. I'd still take him in round two. I'm fine with the risk-reward there, but you might be able to get him later. So why pick a guy 
early when you might be when there's a good chance you can get him later on. Why pick a quarterback in round one if you really like him when you can still get him in round two? I ask. I ask that. It's a good question. Yes, you're taking a chance he might not be there, but the notion that the Broncos should have taken Drew Locke number ten just because, man, I'm going to give myself a headache thinking about that. Yeah, that's that is that takes some real mental gymnastics. But there are some fans who believe in that sort of thing. Uh, Emphasis on fan. Uh, mm-hmm. He says, "I'm glad." We went with Boye, the Boye route. Oh, got messed up here. Now that Byron Jones is going to get paid $20 million for the next two years. Also happy we weren't in on the Stephon Diggs conversation being worth a first, fourth, fifth, and sixth round pick. Mace, how about that? We thought the Broncos might be able to get him for a second. Yeah, my first reaction was that, well, I guess the second wasn't going to be good enough. Even then, I wasn't completely sold on Stephon Diggs for a two just because you can get so many good receiver possibilities out of this year's draft, and they can be cost-controlled. The other thing with Stephon Diggs, if he had a problem being in Minnesota, how's he going to handle Buffalo? What was his problem in Minnesota? Just the climate? Uh, not, get, not, not getting the ball as often as he wanted. I don't think he ever got along with the quarterbacks. Well, he and uh, downtown John Brown make mm-hmm. a nice little combo there. They do. But if Josh Allen has a day where he's struggling with accuracy, then how upset is he going to be? And those days come. But yeah, that much in draft capital. Now, obviously, there's a bunch of day three picks involved, but man. How many years is he under contract for? I think he's got another three, I believe. Hope three. Um, He finishes by saying, hopefully by the time you guys are reading this, the Broncos have have added another free agent to the squad. Hashtag in Elway we trust. You know, after we talked about Boye, Simmons, and now Glasgow, I wonder if they aren't going to do anything for a while. Mm, I think they're go- you're still going to see them add a defensive lineman here at some point Tuesday or Wednesday. Okay. I, I think their their pursuit is such to where I'd be shocked if there's not a defensive lineman added by the end of business Wednesday. All right. Someone who can start. So, anyway, Nick Scott, everyone, please send some thoughts and prayers to your Illinois server and bartender friends as we are out of a job for at least two weeks relating to the coronavirus. I'm also in college, so I need some high points in my life right now, and you guys are it. We appreciate you. We love you guys, so keep grinding because you helped me get through the day. Have a good one, fellas. Yeah, I mean, all over the country. Illinois, Colorado, as the restaurant business shuts down. I mean, so many people are in our, our thoughts. You're right. You guys are right there at the top of the list because uh, – I mean, I can't imagine what this is uh, what this is uh, doing to y'all and uh, how it's affecting your day to day lives. We're gonna we're gonna keep on doing this, and hopefully, we bring you a little bit of, of joy. We give you reason to smile, reason to think about something else. I mean, we admit we are the distraction right now. Totally, and, totally fine with playing that role. But that's okay. That's I sometimes we all have our roles to play in this orchestra that is society. This is ours. And stay tuned. We have something planned for this evening that is the ultimate distraction. Not just Mace and I, but just the the crew at DNVR. So, uh, Nick, you're in our thoughts. You know, I was talking to my mom last night and just kind of going through all the places and people that are being affected by this. And by the time we got to the end of it, we're like, everyone is. This this has an effect on everyone. But, man, especially the bar and restaurant workers – I know Blake Street Tavern came out yesterday and said they had to lay off 70 of their 85 employees. Mm-hmm. Just Jeez. 
heartbreaking. And they do a great job. Like I, I mentioned on Twitter when I put it out there, uh, I retweeted what they had. I mean, a reason why BST is such a great place to go is because the staff makes it that way. Totally. And it, it always takes care of you down there. So, uh, you know, hopefully the hopefully the, a lot of those people will be able to find some work here in the interim. So, And hopefully when everything gets back to normal, they can come back to Blake Street. All right, from Minnesota Paul, he says, Hey, boys, I listen to the podcast daily, but in the regular routine of life, I fail to, fail to jump in and comment. It looks like there's low, uh, not many comments today, so I'll let them fly. Here's a few things on my mind. One, there's been a conversation around Mace, a Mace slash Atwater tribute custom jersey. I think the name on the back should say Slaps Table. 75. With the number 75. <laughs> Two, a hot take, the secret project RK is working on is the ownership transition from the Bullen family to the DNVR family. Can't wait for my subscription to DNVR to lock me in as part owner of my favorite sports franchise. Many times I've thought of Mr. Spano as a modern Mr. B. I think it's the best move for the franchise and for DNVR. Hey, uh, we might need a little mm-hmm. bit of a sale on the sale. Yeah. But uh, we're interested. Very much so. <laughs> um, and I think I said this a couple pods ago, but part of the secret project was the bar. Uh, but there's still more. Three is for Mr. B. Four, I've identified one more NFL team that shares a name with a vehicle. The Eagles share a name with the old AMC Eagle. Ooh, I've forgotten about that. You know, there was also, if we're talking about other sports, AMC Pacer, Indiana Pacers. Oh. Five. And, and there was an AMC Hornet. My brother drove that, that many years ago. Charlotte Hornets. There you go. AMC was backing it up with the team names. Five, lastly, it looks like L.A. is going to do his due diligence and ensure we have no holes going into the draft. I expect a few to few more low- to mid-level signings on the D-line and maybe a wide receiver as well. Although we all want Judy Ruggs, Lamb, or offensive tackle, I think it's smart to prepare our roster for a range of outcomes at 15. Yeah, and that's kind of what we talked about earlier. Yeah. And real quick here, Mace, uh, want to give a shout-out to the Denver Rubber Company. During all these times, if you need anything – uh custom hoses custom gaskets whatever it may be if it's rubber they got you covered and they've been around for a while and again supporting our partners right now is really important so if you have anything in that rubber world that you need made make sure you use drc and tell them dnvr sent you all right the vaughn stars kind of like the monsters and yes one of my kids' favorite movies right now is Space Jam. Like you said, raising her right. Finally pulled the plug on the description on the subs- dad gummit. <laughs> Finally pulled the plug on the subscription. We, we got, got him. Super excited for my DMVR shirt to come in the mail. With all the news these past couple weeks, I can't begin to tell you how refreshing it was to have a momentary return to normal with NFL free agency. Nothing to add. But to touch on the TP shortage, I bought a bidet as I moved to my new apartment. And even before this situation, it was the best purchase I have made. Just think about it. If someone makes a mess on your shoes, you're not just going to wipe it down with a piece of paper. It's about $30 on Amazon and can be installed in 10 minutes. You know what? I actually went and I I read this comment before the pod, and uh, I'm thinking long and hard about the bidet. Hmm. I mean... I had never used one before I went to Honolulu a couple of years ago and there was one in the bathroom <laughs> and I'm not going to lie. It felt sensational. It was a great bidet. It was, it was a beautiful bidet. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't or as Lou Reed would say, it's such a perfect bidet. I, I want to spend it with you. 
I don't know. If I just it feels weird to me. I'll just say that. Um, Apparently, uh, very popular in Japan. That's why a bunch of hotels in Honolulu have bidets. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I remember in Korea too. Uh, all the journalists out there were tw- uh, were tweeting about like all the crazy features their toilet had. <laughs> From 940 Bronco, hey, y'all haven't got a chance to listen yet, but just wanted to say thank you guys for sticking it out with all of us during this crisis. Your resilience is incredible, even in the face of crisis. Special shout out to Zach as well, who, despite having a tragedy occur, is still out there being informative and a great reporter on Twitter. A true professional. I will do anything and everything I can to support you guys through this time, and I can't wait to get my hands on some DNVR merch. Love you guys, and I'm excited for the next couple of weeks because I know y'all have a plan. Oh, we do. We appreciate that so much. Uh, And actually keep an eye out on DNVR Sports on Twitter today as we're kind of going to release our schedule for the week Mm -hmm. and and what you guys can do to participate with us. Because, again, Mace, you see my TV right now. It's black. That is the way it has looked since, what was it, last Wednesday when they Mm -hmm. canceled sports? I don't know what to do with it. Last night I was watching a Georgia Tech TCU NIT game from three years ago, and I thought, what am I doing? Well, we got what better. What am I doing here? We got better stuff for you to watch this week. And then I went on YouTube and I started watching the national semifinal in college basketball from 1982 between Louisville and Georgetown. <laughs> Goodness gracious! <laughs> I'm I'm just going all over the place here. <laughs> I just I just been like on my computer. I don't even know what to watch. But yeah, it, it's old games for me. Well. Stay tuned. Which is why I'm really excited about what we have in store, and that's all I'm going to say. All right. Guys, from Albino Reno. Guys, I thought we were buying defense and drafting offense. Yep. $11 million a year for who? Was this someone completely under your radars? I can't remember you guys saying Glasgow at all. Is this, is this, is this, does this mean that – is he the center, pardon me, and is McGovern gone? Yeah, McGovern's gone. Mm-hmm. Or plug it right guard and re-sign McGovern or ta- ta- draft Tyler Biotish. It's like we said earlier, it's about options. If you find a center in the draft or Patrick Morris can be the guy, boom, Glasgow is your right guard. If you don't uh, get a center in the draft then Glass- or a guard in the draft, then Glasgow is a center, and uh, maybe you don't draft a guy, and, and Wilkinson is your right guard. So it's options. The, we, it's hard to project right now. We'll know, just like with Garrett Bowles. Are the Broncos going to give him the fifth-year option? We'll know that after the draft, too. Exactly. And one more that you didn't mention. What if McGovern hits the market and there's not a market? And, yeah. you know, you can get him at $6 million a year or something. Do it. Exactly. Absolutely. Then, then you don't worry about it. But it's, I don't expect that to be a likely outcome. And as, we, and as we just uncovered, you asked if he was on our radar. Yeah, Mace had him rated as the highest <laughs> rated interior tackle or interior offensive line. Yeah, once Joe Thune was gone. Yes, so not bad. I mean, it's funny, like, when you're doing those rankings, the hard part becomes the apples and oranges because I, I, I do rankings based on position, and then I'm just kind of moving guys around. And it's just some of it is based on, on watching very much that ranking – in some ways, it's a feel ranking more than an analytic ranking. Yeah. So, and I, I also like Glasgow coming out of Michigan as well. So this is, he probably got a little bit of a boost on my ranking just because of what I thought of him uh, in Ann Arbor. So anyway, Albino Reno confused, says he's so confused with this move, not saying it's bad, just out of left field. 
And what do you make of the Diggs trade? Way overpriced, in my opinion. Thanks. I think we agree on the Diggs trade. Mm-hmm. They got, especially when you consider what Buffalo gave up for Diggs and what Houston took to trade DeAndre Hopkins. That is crazy. I hadn't thought of it that way yet. Brant, look, we've talked about this on this pod. We mentioned it going into the Buffalo game. Buffalo gave up a lot, but they at least have people who seem to know what they're doing. Minnesota has people who know what they're doing running the team. Nobody knows what the hell Bill O'Brien is doing right now. And then they paid $9 million a year for Randall Cobb. I like Randall Cobb, but at this point in his career, is he worth $9 million a year? Nope. From R.D. Dollywall. One, do you think we can build a team around Drew for him to be in the running for league MVP? I mean, I've, I've kind of said it offhandedly, but no one thought that Lamar Jackson was going to be in the league MVP conversation last year. So I think that uh, it's most certainly possible. I think that if you were putting odds on the second-year quarterback to be in the MVP conversation, Kyler would obviously be number one, but I think Drew would be number two. The interesting thing with Kyler, what may work against him is that division is so strong. So Kyler could have a great year, and the Cardinals could do much better. But You're not winning MVP unless you're a top seed. Right, and staring down the Niners, the Seahawks, the Rams. I don't think the Rams are going to be great, but they won't be horrible. Arizona could have a phenomenal year and go 9-7. and Yeah. And that probably isn't going to be enough to get you talking about MVP for him. But yeah, Denver, I don't know if it happens this year. I think Denver can build a team around Drew Locke to help him help make him a league MVP candidate. If it were to happen this year, you've got to draw an inside straight. you got to get a Jordan Howard or Melvin Gordon at running back, and they just go off, and Phil Lindsay goes off having part of the burden taken off his shoulders. You've got to find a rookie receiver, a Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, who is the truth. Yep. And as a star right away, Noah Fant has got to become in the a tight end in, in at least like the Zach Ertz, Austin Hooper conversation. Yep. Maybe well, not Kittle or Kelsey. Conversation. We, we have, I'm saying like not on the Kelsey uh, Kittle level. Yeah. Like the Although next I think tier. Ertz might have a case. Ertz might, you can, might argue that he's with those other two. Yeah. I mean, I think he led the league in receptions last year. Yeah. Scheme helps too. Definitely. So. Um, he says, and I love Ertz because he's given me a lot of fantasy joy over the years because I always try to get him. I just joined the DNVR Madden League, which is a thing. What machine is that on? Xbox. <sighs> okay, I got it. I was, I was thinking one of, the, one of the outcomes of this, if this ends up being protracted, I may finally, I may finally give it and buy a new game system. I think we're up to 20 teams. Obviously, yeah. you can fill out the whole league with 32. Yeah. Um, and, and I apologize to uh, Timmy from, from Sweden for not getting in on this earlier. But now I'm in. Uh, I got to set up my whole system or whatnot. But I chose the Eagles as my team of the available teams. Um, the cool thing here, Mace, that we never knew about or hadn't thought about before is that they have a group chat with everyone that's in the league on a um, service called Telegram. And okay. I, hopped, I hopped in there when I joined the league. And these guys, you know, they're all part of the DNVR family. They're talking football all day, every day. It's amazing. And they're in, you know, probably every different time zone. Mm-hmm. And so people are waking up at different times and responding. It's the coolest thing. 
we're isolated, but we're coming together. Does that make any sense? Totally. I feel that way. Like we may all we look, we may all be on lockdown a week from now. Doesn't mean we can't become closer together, at least virtual, in a virtual way. So totally. And for a place like us, that is that's everything. Always our our community is virtual, and then hopefully we get uh, everything back to normal. Get back to the DNVR bar in a few weeks or a few months, and then the virtual community becomes a physical community. Totally. Two, now that Tom Brady is not going back to the Patriots, where do you think he most likely lands? I've got him with Mace's Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to stick with the Chargers. All right. Just to be different. Fair enough. And as I tweeted out today, if, if he is indeed no longer a Patriot, he will finish his career with a losing record against one team as a Patriot, of course. The Denver Broncos, but eight and nine. If he goes to the Chargers, he gets two shots. Yes, he does. If he goes to Tampa Bay, he does get one shot to get back to five hundred this fall oh, in wait. Denver. I can't wait to watch Drew Locke just mop the floor with him. By the way, if Tom Brady does go to the Chargers or the Bucks, it doesn't matter who. ESPN, NBC, CBS. You got to make that a prime game, Fox. You've got to make that the spotlight game, just because of Tom Brady's less than stellar history against Denver. In Denver, especially. Yes. One and how three. this town hates Tom Tom Brady. Yep. It'd be weird if he goes to the Bucks and Bronco fans are hating the Bucks that day because Tom Brady is there. The Bucks have never been worthy of hate. Yeah. They're it's just like, kind of there. They're, you know, the, the, most of their history, they're the lovable losers. If Tom Brady is there, it changes how everybody feels about the Bucs. It's the, it's the same as the Chargers. No one actually hates the Chargers. You hated Phillip Rivers. Yeah, and so you'll hate Tom Brady. You're not going <laughs> to hate the Bucs. Um, I, I have a tweet that I haven't sent out yet. I'm afraid mm-hmm. that someone else has already done this, so I want to search to make sure no one's done it yet. But uh, I, I was walking through Target, and I got to the toilet paper section, which, of course, is completely empty. And I was going to tweet out, why did they move the Chargers trophy case to Target? Oh, I saw that joke with the Raiders, too. So someone did it. Dang it. Yeah. I knew it. I, I, you know, you even just have that feeling. You're like, I'm too late to this joke. I know. Someone else has already done it. Oh, well. There's nothing new under the sun, as they <laughs> say. Very true. Three's for Pat. Four, what's the most expensive mistake you've ever made? I don't know if it's the most expensive mistake I've ever made, but it's the one that sticks in my head just so strongly. When I was a kid in about, I want to say sixth grade, paintballing became a huge thing. Oh, yeah. Which it's really fun. Still would be probably if, you're, if you have a little bit of a pain tolerance because it hurts like hell to get shot. Um, all, everyone was all about it. I saved up my money from birthday christmas whatever other holiday came up i asked everyone just to give me some money and i spent five hundred dollars as a sixth grader sixth graders don't normally have five hundred dollars spent five hundred dollars on a new paintball gun and by the time i got it by the time i'd saved up by the time i you know finally it finally arrived the fad was over Mm. I literally used that $500 paintball gun at a paintball arena or whatever you want to call it once. 
And then none of my friends went anymore. And I was SOL. It's very Homer Simpson-like. Bought a pair of skis before the Nagano Olympics and they never used them. It still crushes me to this day. You know what? I think for me, the mistake I made was in an apartment many years ago. I bought an elliptical machine for it, but I bought one that was on sale and was the cheapest one there. And it fell apart after a month. Oh. When it comes to exercise equipment, don't cheap out. If you, if you, when you're putting your full body on it, don't cheap out. I always think, how long do you plan on having something? How many times are you going to use this thing? What, you know, how integral is it to your life? A pair of jeans. You might wear that pair of jeans every other day. And you want that thing to last. If it lasts you two seasons, that's great. Um, I have a coffee maker that uh, I got for Christmas, actually. But it was an expensive machine. Well, I use it every day. Mm-hmm. So that's always my question. How many times are you going to use this thing? Because if you use it every day the actual amount you spent on it per day over time just shrinks yeah you pay for quality if you're going to go back and use it over and over and over again exactly but that that's why i if my daughter wants something i want to see if she's really into it first Mm -hmm. so i won't buy the most expensive thing right it's always the cheaper thing if she really likes it then i'll go if she shows a genuine interest that this is something she genuinely loves then i'm going all in right Always. I mean, uh, my first guitar that I got was like $100, um, which in the world of guitars is very, very cheap. Um, But I used it for years. It it held up. And then when it was time, I knew that I could spend a little bit more on a a, uh, little six string that I'm going to use a lot. Yeah. You're going to use it even more now that uh, we have all this time? It's so funny. I haven't. In our homes? I I am um, guilty that I haven't used it in a while and i was talking to my mom last night and just like i was telling her that i haven't turned on the tv and she was like why don't you pick up your guitar and i was like that is a great idea mom thank you mom's always no best and apparently dad's as well and we try (laughs) (laughs) from dnvr for life oh wait we have a couple more here on Artie dolly wall oh oh, sorry sorry no no worries five is it pronounced and or aunt (sighs) i say aunt it just goes it changes for me. Okay. I don't. I don't know what it is. Um, I normally lean towards ant. I do too. Okay. Is there like a regional breakdown of this? I'm ant sure there is. Yeah. Ant. I. I would guess that the east says aunt. Let's see here. Oh, uh, let's. There. There we go. Here's a a map that I'm looking at here. Um, Maybe the south also says aunt. Ant is most of the country. Okay. Uh, aunt is New England. Okay. Most of the Dakotas. Okay. Western Minnesota. Interesting. And a part and a li- and kind of it's fifty fifty in Virginia, and that that makes sense because when I grew up in Richmond, I heard aunt and aunt. Now well, down in North Carolina, it's aunt, and my dad came from North Carolina, so I tend to say aunt. Also, like half of Virginia feels like it's in the Northeast, and half of Virginia feels like it's in the South. That's a great point. Like Northern Virginia, the the when it's under the influence of uh, the sphere of influence of Washington D.C., that is very much a northeastern mm-hmm. vibe. Mm-hmm. And then Richmond, I mean, remember Richmond was the capital of the Confederacy. Yep. 
that's very but at the same time enough people kind of have moved in to where there are elements of the old south but it's a city it's a, it's a decent sized metropolitan area that it's kind of it's kind of a mix it's kind of a halfway point almost but then you get uh, down to the south side part of virginia southern virginia and that is the south that is the south yeah all right uh six hopkins trade felt like a steal but what do you guys think about the digs deal too much we talked about that mm-hmm. one sevens for john eight would you rather wake up in a random person's body every year and be in control of their decisions and actions for the whole year or wake up in a random person's body once per week but without any control over their actions and decisions first of all this sounds terrifying uh, take care and keep up the good work. I don't think there's any question. You want to have control of the decisions and actions. So even though you're changing only once a year rather than once a week, I, I, I want the control. But you have to stay in that body for a whole year rather than just you're in it for a week and one day a week and then you pop out. But it's 52 days versus 365. You wake up. Oh, so you're saying. So you either have you to. You wake up in a random person's body once a week. But then you don't do it the other six days. That's the way I read see. It. The way I read it is that you wake up in a random person's body once a week, and then you're in that person's body the entire week. So I read this as like, oh, you're never in control. You're changing bodies every week, but you're never in control. No, maybe I read it the wrong way. That means that makes it too easy, in my opinion. You you would obviously choose the control if the if either way you don't get to ever be in your body. I would just go with the flow, I guess, and, and go the once-a-week route. 52 days a year rather than a whole year. If that's the case, I, I, could, I could live with that. But if it's not and it's, you're, either, you're choosing to change every week but have no control or change once a year but have control, i got to go for the control. Fair enough. I mean, that's, you ever, have you heard of a TV show called Quantum Leap? I've heard of it, yes. Okay, yeah, 80s, early 90s, basically, yeah. And they, the guy would kind of leap from one character to the next, from mm. one person to the next, and inhabit their, their body and, uh, and make the decisions and try to make things right. That, that's, what this, that's what it sort of feels like to me almost. All right. From DNVR for life. Good day to you guys. I just want to say how proud I am to have been supporting you guys close to three years. Wow. I've been with you guys for a while, and the whole reason I first subscribed two years ago was because I wanted to support a local company who's trying to bring their state the best sports coverage. Well, you found the place. Mm -hmm. I appreciate all the hard work that you guys have done to maintain and constantly build upon your foundation to bring us the best Broncos coverage. From audio stories to a bar to hang out in, I've had nothing but pride in supporting you guys and telling everyone I can about you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Though I live in Utah and I'm unable to go to watch parties or draft parties, I have not regretted supporting you guys. I'm sure that the closure of Denver restaurants and bars has caused a lot of stress and uncertainty, and I'm so glad we as a community have been supporting you guys in whatever way we can. Ryan, I'm sure this hurts. I lost it. Ryan, I'm sure this uh, hurts you the most with how much work you've put into trying to get the bar open. Keep your head up. And this is one of my favorite sayings. Your hardest times often lead to your greatest moments in life. Keep going. Tough situations build strong people in the end. In a place of people, you can replace it with the word families. I'm glad to be a part of such an amazing sports family. You guys constantly bring joy and laughter to my days. This is a family. We support one another. Thank you for all you, you do. Well, pressure usually brings something together or 
tears it apart, it reveals the existing fissures and makes them wider. I'm convinced that for us, the pressure is going to do the former. It's going to bring us all together. Absolutely. And thank you so much for thinking of me specifically. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, it's been tough. Um, it's, it's mostly the word I would use is frustration uh, just because it's like, man, we put all this work into it and it was going to be incredible and it will be eventually. But I don't know. It's imagine, you know, looking forward to something so much and then having it taken away from you right then and there. So yeah, it's, it's been really frustrating. Um, the people that I'm a lot more worried about than myself are the people that work at the bar. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, the people who are the bartenders and the manager and the cooks back there. Um, that, that's the one that's like actually, you know, hurting me as for being able to open the bar. It's a lot of frustration and obviously, you know, nothing can be predicted right now but we fully expect that eight weeks from now we'll be able to reopen the bar mm-hmm. and it's going to be amazing um so that part i can wait for the, the thing that hurts me is the uncertainty for the people that work there mm-hmm. yeah exactly he said he finishes by saying broncos question are you guys surprised that we haven't done more on the defensive line we kind of talked about that earlier mace you think that's mm-hmm. the next domino to fall oh yeah i'll be surprised if they don't do something here in the next couple of days but the first day you know, I mean, you've got some good players that are still out there. I mean, the you know the quarterback dominoes didn't really start falling on the first day. It's just how the market ends up ebbing and flowing. From BC Bronco, for us Android users, I can confirm the app is show, still showing BSN, and I've done a reinstall. Also for Google, Google Play listeners, I had issues in the past, but I switched to this podcast app, and it updates right along with Apple users. Cheers and stay safe and healthy, fam. Good call. And finally, Larry Dang Jr., Hey guys, love the Glasgow pickup, but despite local radio sensationalized opinions of who we should have got, I love how Elway is moving in the decisions in moving in the decisions he's making. I hope by the time this comes out, whether Linval Joseph, DJ Reader, or Michael Pierce are Broncos, if not a combo of them. How have you guys felt? No complaints so far. Yeah, um, moving smoothly and efficiently, and, yeah. and like I said, I, I have to keep reminding myself that Boye is a part of this, and Justin Simmons is too. Right. Trevathan, in my opinion, was the one that hurt because it's exactly who I thought we'd offer, but, hey, it happened prior to free agency, so, yeah. But, I mean, the haul that went forth for Stephon Diggs was horrendous, giving up the 13th overall pick and play, paying Buckner $21 million, talking about the uh, 49ers deal. When you could have got him in free agency next year for that much, some of these trades make me smile looking at how much we're paying Boye and what we gave up for him. That uh, Colts 49ers deal, the 49ers couldn't keep Buckner and Armstead long-term. The Niners needed draft capital. They'll probably be active in the trading market with that 13th pick and their 31st pick. One of them may be active with both picks, having them on the market to try to get some more uh, draft selections in day two. I think the thing with the Colts, they're heavily connected to Phillip Rivers right now. The Colts appear to be in full-on win-now mode with making that move for Buckner. And likely and rivers. Making, and, and rivers. Yeah, good luck. That's all I'll say. But you're you're going all in on a washed up quarterback. A washed up quarterback potentially, but also one that Frank Reich has worked with before, and he probably figures I can get him back to where he was. We'll see. We will see. Thanks, I man. don't believe in it, but we will see. And we will see you all soon. And of course, that means tomorrow on this podcast because we always see you tomorrow on this podcast when it's a weekday uh make sure you guys check out davidson's 
Everyone's looking for delivery right now, and Davidson's delivers. So if you are in the Denver metro area, make sure you check out Davidson's because they will deliver a pack of strawberry sky right to your door and brighten up your day. Make sure you take advantage of that. No one wants to leave the house right now, understandably, and, and maybe for safety, that's the best thing as well. Take advantage of Davidson's delivery. Uh, you won't regret it. For now, that's going to do it for us today on the DNVR Broncos podcast. We love you all so much. Thank mm-hmm. you for all of your support for this, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.